guys. Welcome back to the Forking Wellness Podcast. My name is Barry Strickoff, Registered Dietitian. And I'm Sophie Bertrand, Registered Nutritionist, and we are the authors of the Forking Wellness book and obviously the Forking Wellness Podcast. Each week we sit down and we discuss all things health and wellness from debunking diet myths to nutrition information, lifestyle factors, etc. Stick with us while we try and work out what the Fork Wellness really is. I don't even know what we do. This week's episode is sponsored by Yumchi, which is a delicious kimchi brand that is natural, certified organic, raw and unpasteurized. It's 100% plant-based and naturally fermented in Hackney, London. It is not your average kimchi. It's packed with billions of gut-friendly bacteria and it's got a mild and tangy taste. We absolutely love it. I'm a huge fan of kimchi. It's an authentic fermented vegetable dish and you can eat it on its own or you can pair it with other foods in soup, salads, stir fries, or even use it as a sauce. I'm a huge lover of avocado toast, eggs, and kimchi. The other thing that's great about Yumchi is that is female founded. Yumchi is the brainchild of Japanese Korean chef and kimchi expert Lily Harasawa. So as we said, Yumchi is 100% natural and full of plenty probiotic. We love the probiotic foods. If you want to check them out, you can follow them at Yumchi Kimchi on Instagram or head to their website, yumchi.co and check out their delicious kimchi. Yumchi is giving the Forking Wellness community 20% off their next order if you go to www.yumchi.co and use Forking Kimchi at checkout. That's all capitals, Forking Kimchi at www.yumchi.co. Enjoy. Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Forking Wellness Podcast. We are super excited to have Tara Swart back for the third time on our podcast because we just cannot get enough of her wisdom. Welcome back, Tara. Thank you so much. I think this is the only podcast that I've been on three times, so I'm very flattered. Yeah, we feel delighted to have you. Um, As much as like our listeners love um, the conversations, I think Sophie and I find these like absolutely so helpful um, really? for us as well so it's it's great benefit for the listeners benefit for us we love you to jump right into it I really want to talk about this like post lockdown social situation and I'll give a brief story about what I mean and how I really started to think about this but um my dog, Oscar, is um, a little French bulldog, and he was like the most social dog prior to lockdown. I have a dog-friendly office. I used to take him on the tube, on the trains, on the bus. He'd go into the office. There were like three or four dogs at all time. Bunch of people. Like He was so confident as a dog. Obviously, we went into lockdown, and he had no social interaction with anyone but me and my partner. And so we noticed in the park, like when we took him on walks, he was acting a bit different, like on the lead towards other dogs. And so we thought, okay, maybe we should put him back in daycare to get socialized. Not because we can't look after him, we need daycare because we're home, but more just to benefit him. So we took him back to the daycare that he's been to pre-lockdown. And they said it was like a different dog. He hid under the desk for the first four hours and anytime a dog walked by him he would bark at them and they were like he lost all of his confidence and then I'm like crap he's been isolated in lockdown 
for a year and lost all his confidence. And now he's being put into this situation where he has to be social again and he doesn't know how to be. And then I started thinking, I'm going to be like that. I'm going to lose, like, what is life after lockdown and being in big group settings and social norms and I, I feel anxious about it and kind of lost. And I felt like that was a really like interesting synopsis of how it manifested in a dog. But I think we're all going to deal with this as well. That First of all, that story is really heartbreaking. I know, it's really it? yeah. I know Oscar very personally and to know, now know that he's kind of struggling um, with social anxiety makes me very upset. I know oh. you guys are kindred spirits as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh. Um, But it's such a beautiful analogy for what humans might go through. And I think because dogs, they're intelligent, but they obviously have a small brain and they they don't have proportionally as much of a cortex. So it's more limbic system, which is more intuitive and emotional. So it's more primal. So he's, he's acting out what we might be covering up either consciously or unconsciously, but will to some extent be going on in our brains as well. So... I think it's so timely that you've asked you know, for us to have this conversation now, because I really think it's going to resonate with so many people. And hopefully, as we talk through it, help people. But I think that, you know, the answer is baby steps. We have a bit of a, a rollout, a plan of dates that symbolize certain things. And I think we need to start creating like a roadmap in our heads of how we're going to unlock ourselves as each of those dates you know, sort of comes around. Mm. I feel like I literally cannot believe it's been a whole year. Like that is crazy. And by the time we actually fully get back to normal, it will be well over a year, like 16 months or something. Mm. Um, but I guess for some people, they, they're used to working from home. They're used to not seeing their friends. They're used to all this virtual communication. And I think there'll probably be two ends of the spectrum where some people are like, I cannot wait and I'm going to throw myself back into normality and social lives and whatever. But there might be some hesitation in regards to have we vaccinated enough people? Am I actually going to be safe? Like, you know, how how normal can I act to a degree? I think it's important to raise from the start that this is going to be as much of a transition, if not more, than it was for us going into lockdown. Mm. That That happened really quickly. It was a shock. There was a lot of uncertainty around it. It was completely unprecedented. And so I used that model, the Kubler-Ross grief or change curve, to help people understand the emotions that they might go through. So the curve, I think I told you about this before, but it's it starts with shock, anger, and denial. And then it goes to bargaining and like, why is this happening to me? Mm. At the low point is a depression. And then you come out from that lowest point with acceptance. And I said from the start, we're going to go through this curve so many times as as long as this situation is happening. And we're basically going to start again. So I think using that curve for your emotions is is going to be helpful again. But this time we have a chance to take it slowly and build up to Mm. that that date. Um, So I really think it's just about being thoughtful and proactive about it. So would you recommend any kind of practices for someone that maybe is, you know, anxious about getting back to normal maybe what can we start doing to prepare ourselves mentally for it I think journaling would be really good because I'm sure that by the end of this conversation we will all feel a bit better because we Mm. will have voiced our concerns so you know saying it out loud or writing it down in a journal is better than letting it go round and round in your head 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, normally I say meditation for everything. And sure, that's going to help <laughs> regulate your emotions and stuff. But I would say visualizing because the brain doesn't differentiate that much between what you actually see and what you strongly visualize. So starting to think about who you're going to see first, whether you're going to do that one-on-one or in a group, where you might go, just really kind of imagining that first day that you go out and see people again. So, or everything that's going to change. So the first day that you might physically go to work rather than working from home, the first time that you might think about booking a holiday, you know, how you're going to feel about going through the airport with crowds of people or being on a plane or going to a country that maybe has a different plan around vaccination and mask wearing and things like that. So really trying to almost bring up every possible barrier or obstacle Mm. that might come up so that you're mentally prepared for it. Mm, And it sounds like a good idea. Yes, I love that. And kind of like visualizing how you want it to play out. Would you say is that part of like um, how you're going to feel? So I'm going to feel really excited. I'm going to feel really happy. and, And that will be helpful protecting against kind of like the nerves or am I misunderstanding that? No, I think, no, you completely understood it. And I think there's probably a couple of ways sort of taking it from both ends that would be useful. So absolutely training your brain that it's going to be joyful to see your friends again and it's going to be fun to go to places, but also acknowledging that you might not know whether to hug the friend or not. Mm. Um you know, you might feel like you've got nothing to say. I mean, I remember last summer when we could meet in gardens um, and a couple that we're very friendly with came over. I, I was sitting there and I thought, I just feel like I don't, I don't know how to be social. I don't have anything to say. Um, yeah. And it was a really weird feeling, but it only happened that one time. And as I saw a few people outdoors, that it didn't happen again, but it's, it was quite shocking. Um, mm-hmm. Because I've always got something to say. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. And it kind of almost feels like just to go off what you were saying, which I know is a bit of a pivot. It's almost like, you know, when you don't know what to say and like it's very like stereotypical British to just be like, oh, we'll talk about the weather. Is every conversation post lockdown going to be about lockdown because it's the only shared experience that everyone has and we've Mm. not had mental stimulation to tell stories and make jokes because we've not had and that make memories as well and yeah and we can't <laughs> relive that with the other person so are all we going to be able to talk about with others and you know is that just going to be like a prolonged lockdown conversation I don't want to talk about it anymore but I feel as though I'm not going to have anything else to talk about I think there's a danger of that happening so I'm already learning from you because it's making me think that I'm going to create a list of topics of other things to talk about. Um, yeah, so, you know, it really is about being proactive because it, it would be so easy to slide down that road of, of kind of saying, so what did you do in the last year? Nothing. What did you do? Yeah, literally, what's new? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I dread that like every Friday, you know, at work, my manager, like within our like group, our, our team would be like, does anyone have any plans for the weekend? And I'm just like, no, I'm doing this. I'm going to copy and paste the same response that I sent last week into the chat this week and no one's going to notice. And it's that like mundane conversation that I just like don't want to keep having post lockdown. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think the, the sort of neuroscience behind that is that we would have all suffered at least periods, if not constant, 
um, periods of demotivation because we're not getting any mental stimulation. And I think having just had a winter in the UK where, you know, seasonally your mood can be a bit lower as well in the darker days. I've just kind of learned with that, that yes, it does happen, but it doesn't last forever. And I'm, I'm just going to be kind to myself and it's okay if I'm not feeling that motivated. So I think knowing yourself and that cycles of your mood and your energy is really important. There's a huge danger of suddenly becoming overstimulated. And, you know, so it would be kind of like, you know, almost the same effect in the brain with dopamine, which is reward of kind of taking a class A drug or something, because you're suddenly seeing loads of people Mm -hmm. going out. I mean, the first time I went back to London, because we stayed in the countryside for five months, the first time we went back and restaurants were open and we actually went out, it took me like four days to recover from the overstimulation of actually talking to other people and, you know, seeing sort of different places and eating food that I hadn't cooked. So I'm, I'm going to be cautious. I'm going to definitely re-emerge socially slowly, one-on-one, kind of give myself time to, to come back to the, the hole and recover. Um, kind of like dogs do. So when, interestingly, when dogs fight, you know, prim- the primal stuff, their testosterone levels go up every time they win a fight. So they become more and more and more confident. And then they actually pick a fight with a dog that's way bigger than them. And when they lose, their shoulders slump, they go and hide behind a bush to recover. Um, So I think recovery of resilience is is going to be key. Mm, That's such an interesting point. I am, I actually feel kind of the opposite to Barry and I am so excited. I just want to live normally again. I'm so excited to see friends and be out and especially as it'll be summer, but I am due in July to give birth, which is very soon after, um, you know, things are, as they are saying, going to be completely normal, no restrictions. And I'm feeling anxious over the fact that I'm going to be really left out. And I'm like, this is so unfair. And every time, to be completely honest, every time I see someone put on their stories on Instagram, June 21st this and June 21st that, and oh my God, I've just booked a trip and I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I get like this really weird, I don't know if it's jealousy or just a weird feeling come over me. And I'm I'm almost like, this isn't fair, which is awful because I'm so excited to be having this baby. Like it's everything I ever wanted. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know what my life's going to look like then. And when's my life going to be normal? Do you know what I mean? Completely. I mean, I think it's it's FOMO, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, comes with a bit of envy sometimes. Um, I think there's two things here. So there's obviously the fact that you're pregnant. So people who are also pregnant will resonate with that particular story. And that would have happened even if we weren't in a pandemic, because the first three months of having your first baby where you you don't sleep and you don't, Mm. you know, you're unsure about if you're doing all the right things is quite scary. So, and, you know, even in normal times, you wouldn't be out socialising for that period of time. So Mm. try to remind yourself that is this really different because of post lockdown or is it what I would have gone through anyway if, if I you know mm. um, when I was having a baby and then the other part which is the FOMO part we'll all get that too because you know there's always going to be somebody having you know a better trip or traveling more or you know looking like they're managing re-socialization with ease when you feel like you're not kind of thing so I would kind of separate those two things and understand that you would have had a period of being 
more isolated and less social anyway. And and also realising that pregnant or not, baby or not, other people will, will be experiencing similar emotions to you. Yeah, I'm going to have to listen back to this episode to just drill that into my brain a bit more. <laughs> it's also like Instagram, like the way that we have been socialising with people recently is all digital. And obviously people, um, people post their highlight reels. So they're not posting that like, come down of emotions, Tara, that you were kind of explaining before, and they're not posting their, you know, struggles of, you know, anxiousness, or whatever, they're just posting like the best, the best of whatever experience they're having. So I guess it's like, we, we have to almost like preempt that it's not as good <laughs> as what it, they're selling it as. I don't know. Does that make sense? Completely. Um, but that's, that's true all the time. Exactly, um, it's going, exactly. It's going to be heightened by freedom. Um, but that's a really important thing to remember anyway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that like comparison trap on social media, it's 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 dangerous. And I feel like it's even more dangerous in the post lockdown era. Um, it's really, really easy. One thing that to pivot um I mentioned this to Sophie the other day and she was laughing and her husband was just like, Barry, you're crazy. Um, <laughs> but I have been wearing nothing but gym kit, nothing but loungewear. And now I'm like, what is my post-lockdown style? What is my identity? Who? What do I wear? Am I like a bit edgy? Am I a bit daring? Am I like loungewear chic? Like, I don't have an identity post lockdown, and that's the silliest thing in the world. And so, because such a good example of how different me and Barry are. <laughs> and Sophie's husband was like, "Just wear what you were wearing before you went into lockdown." I'm like, "Oh, but like, I've a year ago." <laughs> I was like, "I've changed." So surely, like, my clothes and my style has changed, and I just like, I feel like at a loss of like who I'm gonna be emerging as and it sounds so ridiculous like when I say it now I'm like you are a psychopath like relax like but in my head it's like a real thing like I don't know who I'm gonna be this big audience when you step out of your flat for the first exactly and like why do I think that anyone else cares no one cares no one cares what no one's gonna even notice like and I know that but for me it's like this big deal and I don't know why and it's like it's not even from like a narcissistic point of view like I don't care what other people think it's like me identifying as my own person like who am I post lockdown I'm completely imagining the paparazzi waiting outside Barry's house. Like this audience. (laughs) Um, I have to say, I'd love to hear Sophie's view on this, but I have to say on the spectrum between Barry and Sophie, I'm probably closer to Barry. I will, I'm sure I'll feel conscious about like what's, you know, what's in fashion now, like, you know, um, hair, for example. So I have a, a coaching client who his PA wrote to me and said, can you hold a time for next week because we may need to change the slot? And then I had said, I'll, you know, I'll speak to him at four o'clock tomorrow. And then I realized it was 3.30. So I wrote her an email and I said, oops, you know, it's 3.30 tomorrow. Yes, I've held that slot. And then I said, by the way, heads up, I've managed to secure a haircut on the, uh, April the 13th at five o'clock. So I absolutely need to be done with him by five to five. And she wrote back and, and said, Oh, amazing about the haircut. So I think, you know, that's the other thing that, that 
that date as you know I said there are stages you said that like over a year ago they would have been like okay (laughs) like cool you have a haircut time (laughs) I know but now it's like I actually still can't believe I managed to get one on the 13th um yeah I mean so yeah I can't be seen out until I've had my hair cut it is like truly horrendous it needs intensive care so interesting I feel like I we've all been through such a different journey in regards to our lockdown journey and this isn't me saying this is the right way of dealing with it it's just personally how I've taken it and how I've dealt with it in the best way I can but so many things that I thought were so important to me I was supposed to have my big wedding in 2020 obviously it didn't go ahead we did manage to have our small ceremony but we've rebooked for 2022 now which is exciting but I just remember I was like this is so unfair because I don't know if I'm going to be able to get my hair cut in time and my hair done and my nails and all this prep work that needs to go into a wedding like I don't know how I can plan this and just as the year went on and then obviously falling pregnant and all my priorities have just literally been thrown up in the air and then I call the ones that really mattered kind of thing Mm -hmm. so I feel like in terms of kind of like how I look to a degree and maybe it's because I'm pregnant as well and my body's going to look completely different than it would have done anyway um all I'm thinking about is just I'm just going to be so grateful to go and have a coffee with my mum out and about and you know go out for dinner and with my friends and have a picnic with the dogs and I just feel like I really have been on this like journey that's made me reevaluate my life completely and I wasn't really a materialistic person anyway but all that stuff now like I will happily give up my wedding if it means I can have this baby and like build a family and whereas before I fell pregnant I was like this is so unfair my big wedding didn't get to go ahead kind of thing and now I was actually talking to one of my friends the other day and she only got engaged um over Christmas and she's got her wedding going ahead now in July she was like, I feel really bad that people got engaged before me and I'm getting married first. And I was like, that doesn't matter. Like, you know, all this stuff that we used to compare ourselves to and like think were really important in life. Again, like I've just kind of reevaluated my priorities, which I think is how I'm dealing with it. And I feel like I dealt with it really, really badly at the beginning. And I remember Barry being so chilled out the whole time. And I was like, why is Barry dealing with this so well? And I was like having weekly breakdowns. But now I feel like I've come out the other side. And now Barry's having this breakdown about her bloody fashion I, stuff. <laughs> I was just good. I want to like drink whatever you're drinking. Like I yeah. want to be on whatever kind of Maybe like, it's pregnancy hormones. <laughs> maybe it is. But it just sounds like you have just so much immense gratitude. And I do too. It's not that like I can't be grateful for everything. But like I just want to drink the Kool-Aid that you're drinking. Because you sound like you have it really together. And yeah. It, but it, it's really evident that like everyone deals with things different and we yeah, evidence and there's well. no right way of dealing with it you have to ride your own emotions yeah your emotions sound great though so I mean <laughs> they do they do sound really good but it reminds me of a couple of things I'm trying to place it but I'm finding it a bit tricky but um I lived on Bermuda for over a year so it's a tiny island um you know small population um one kind of you know tiny high street with a few shops And I remember when I came back to London to see my friends and family every so often, just being so not used to the sheer mass of people and, you know, navigating the tube and just how different it was. So, you know, there was an adjustment. But of course, having then returned to live in London, it's completely normal for me to be around all of those people. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I feel like I'm sort of 
navigating the tube in the best possible way is like a superpower of mine. Um, <laughs> but once I had to phone my brother and say, like, you know, I'm trying to get to here, but and I'm changing and I'm confused and I don't know where to go. And he was like, oh, my God, you don't know how to use the tube anymore. But it's so there was that adjustment, I remember. But another time that I can't recall the place was I must have been away on my month long digital detox that they usually do over Christmas and New Year. And, you know, had gone sort of barefoot and sort of not caring about what I wear or, you know, whether my hair was washed and stuff. And I came back to London and I remember I went to Selfridges and there was this big billboard thing that said, indulge yourself. And I was like, this is so against what I'm like now. You know, I don't care about material things and handbags and stuff like that. Two weeks later, I'm completely back to. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm off shopping. (laughs) Have my hair cut. (laughs) I mean, I was looking at some old, an old IGTV of mine and I was looking at the manicure and I just thought, like, I haven't had nail polish on for over a year. Mm. And I, th- I don't know how I feel about it. I looked at that person with, you know, the blow dried hair and the manicure and everything. And I was kind of like, that used to be me. But yeah, I'm, I really don't know if I'm just going to go back to being like that or. I think, I think as it- long as we feel happy and content in the moment, we should just be happy with that. And just it see, is. and just see, you know what Barry's new look is going to be like and <laughs> Don't put pressure on it. I'm how she's going to grace us with her presence for the first time <laughs> I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a marching band you guys will know when I enter the room <laughs> I actually heard something really interesting um about shoe sales so basically there have been the whole like you know shearling slippers and trainers and flats um and nothing in between so not sort of you know regular court shoe that people wear to work and then apparently the whole other end the kind of really high heels super luxurious um statement shoe has been selling really well as well so yeah the the marketing and the fashion trends have been really interesting I think in terms of how people are feeling or indicating people are feeling and actually kind of um I know that luxury items have gone through the roof Mm -hmm. and you would think that people are really not spending on those things one because where are you going and two because you know we're in a pandemic and you know it would be wise financially wise to save your money but actually what people are doing is they're spending more on kind of you know those luxury big tag items Um, and I think it's a really interesting indicator of how people are feeling and what is bringing them joy in a time like this and that excitement built up be like oh well when I get to utilize xyz they built up this thing in their head and i'm totally guilty of it like the amount of money that i spent this year on shopping compared to every other year is ridiculous and where am i going nowhere and am i even gonna like those clothes in my post-lockdown reveal probably not and now (laughs) i i get it though like i i i understand why people are spending more on random things because i think it just excites them Mm. oh yeah yeah as well i Ash, as my husband has said quite a few times, like we would have been spending so much more money if we were living our life as normal. So like, yeah. you know, why not? Let's just buy a few things and treat ourselves. And, you know, we haven't gone crazy or anything and we obviously have been saving. But yeah, it's an uncertain time. And like I said, that moment of happiness is important to a lot of people. And my sister, if she listens to this episode, sorry, Kitty, but um, she has 
bought a ridiculous amount of clothes to the point where she had to buy a new clothes rail for her room to fit everything on but I mean she's she's still going strong I mean she has no <laughs> intention of she's like I have a whole new wardrobe to come out of lockdown Barry maybe you should chat <laughs> yeah maybe I'm gonna give her a ring <laughs> that's so funny I think she's just excited to like see what like she's just like building up that like post-lockdown life and now she's yeah. like ready to go and she has all these things that she wants and yeah I just think I again maybe it's just a lack of stimulation for us and that's yeah we want to be building something exciting up in our heads and if we particularly if you do have anxiety about coming out of lockdown you want to try and create exciting things to think about alongside Mm. that maybe help counteract yeah what I was going to say was that I was talking to an old friend of mine and we were agreeing that you know receiving any a parcel is like the highlight of the day so (laughs) um (laughs) And then she said the funniest thing. And I literally Benny laughed because it resonated so strongly. And she said, yeah, but darling, it used to be Net-A-Porter and now it's Amazon. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all, like 90% of the time it's Amazon. <laughs> and I know that people, um, I know from some research that people have invested in their homes, particularly their bedrooms, mm-hmm. um, which makes a lot of sense. And I bought all of this outdoor table you know cushions and tablecloths and stuff that are all made from plastic recycled bottles um because I thought that we were going to be able to meet people in gardens so I was like I've got a fire pit I've got all this like waterproof stuff and you know I'm still going to see my friends and I literally have never used that stuff no this summer though this summer yeah (laughs) you're well prepared now you've got your garden decked out (laughs) yeah it sounds like your garden parties are going to be amazing (laughs) I guess my other, I guess this is the podcast where I just tell all my anxieties. Um, But my other anxiety (laughs) is that I haven't seen my family in two years. Oh, do you know what, Barry? I actually feel so emotional about this as well. Because my family is my life. It's everything to me. So the fact that you haven't seen them, like, I was so excited when you booked your flight home, wasn't I? (laughs) I know, and I felt bad telling you because it's like, no, don't cry. I felt bad telling you I booked my flight home because it was like, I knew that it was the same time that you were giving birth. And I wanted to like be there emotionally for you during that time. But then I was like, I also have this opportunity to go home. And so when I moved to the UK, it was always under the, you know, the gut like we all knew that like I would come home every six months or you know I would see my family every six months right Mm -hmm. and one of my biggest anxieties were that I'm touch wood very lucky to have all my grandparents and my biggest anxiety was something that happened to them and I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be able to back and then Mm -hmm. this time really heightened that anxiety and now I have a flight booked for July and I am so 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 excited Everyone in my family, bar my grandma, but she has an appointment, is vaccinated. My parents, my brother, my brother's girlfriend, my other set of grandparents. Like, and I'm just so anxious. One, something will happen and I can't see them. And then two, like, I haven't, like, are they going to recognize me? Like, are we going to have the same? What your new style is like? Yeah. (laughs) No, because you're going to be in your new... I know I'm gonna walk out of lockdown with blonde hair like something crazy is gonna happen um but like are we going to not like you always get along with your family it's not like that but like are we going to be the same dynamic like it's been two years like I've just like spoken to my mom on the phone every day but like what is it going to be like to sit at her dinner table like is that weird like that that is making me feel funny 
It's completely normal. So if you remember last March when we first went into lockdown, there was this global phenomenon of vivid dreaming, which were mostly anxiety-based dreams. That has started up again, um, not as strongly as last March, but I don't know if you two have had um, vivid dreams or, or anxiety dreams. Yeah. So, you know, sort of psychologically, we're already preparing ourselves for these sorts of questions like, will it be weird? Will they recognize me? Will something happen? I mean, that is your amygdala and your hippocampus, so your fear center and your memory center getting together and bringing to the front of your mind all the things that could go wrong to try to keep you safe. But, you know, you've got to practice abundance and gratitude to override that because that's a completely normal um, reaction. But you need to be aware that that's what your brain's doing. Um, it's obviously heightened for you because you sort of probably thought, oh, yeah, you know, I'll go and see my parents and my grandparents soon. And then this happened. So it kind of delayed it by another year. It's going to be like those shows where they re re reunite kind of like long lost family members. You're all going to hug and cry. Yeah, yeah. don't. Like if you realize like, that, I would cry for days. <laughs> I don't know why this just came to my mind. But did any of you guys watch um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? No. Okay, so it's this, it's it's very funny. It's a Tina Fey written show, um, but basically she was abducted, like it's a comedy, but the story is that like um, Kimmy was like abducted when she was like younger and she was put into this like bunker with these other girls and then they were like named like the mole woman and then they come back into society and they're like stuck at like the weird 12 year olds that they were, but they're like 28 and they're like wearing these like weird pony backpacks and being like cool and like using like random lingo that they like were still using when they were 12 years old because they they emerged back into the society at the same stage that they were at before and I don't know why you just when you were saying that Tara that I'm gonna be Kimmy Schmidt like I'm gonna go back to New York and like I'm I don't know like they're gonna be doing one thing and then I'm doing another and I'm gonna like say these weird things and it's like Barry why are you a mole woman and I don't know why that reminded me of it but it's it's like you're stuck in that time like this whole year I've been stuck in the flat and it's like it, I don't know time has changed around you but like have you changed like, I don't know if I'm making sense and I don't know if the Kimmy Schmidt analogy makes any sense I think yeah I think we're all all mole women in one way or another. Um, <laughs> That's the quote for today's episode. Definitely. <laughs> I still remember the last one, which is I'm too short for my weight from your mom. <laughs> I love that one. Um, one of my friends said something that I thought sounded weird, but then I kind of got it. She said, everyone's going to be a year older. And I was like, well, yeah, obviously they are. And so are you. And, but what she meant was she hasn't seen those people for a year. Yeah. Um, like missed out on a year of everyone's life. Yeah. And I was also thinking I was I have I haven't got around to texting him, but I was going to text my stepson and say, I need to issue an official warning that I am going to give you a year's worth of cuddles as soon as I can. Um, so he's probably going to hear it on the podcast because I haven't said it to him yet. <laughs> um, you know, but there's that like I've hugged him once in the last year and that's like he ambushed me with a hug. And the first thing I thought was, oh, my God, I'm going to get COVID. Mm. Um, yeah. But then I just, you know, gave him a massive hug. But we haven't been doing that. So that's a big thing. And then I've been locked down just with my husband. And, you know, a lot of relationships have broken down in the last year. And I think more are going to break down when we reemerge. Mm -hmm. But we, you know, I sort of said as a joke, like we're both a bit codependent. So we've been completely fine. But I actually think I'm aware 
that once we start going out to work and doing different things and not being together 24-7, that could be a major adjustment for us as well. I relate to that so much. Again, me and my partner, very similar. It's just been us. We're probably like way too codependent on each other. And there's like a secret part of us that's absolutely loved lockdown because we've literally just got to spend all this time with each other. Mm -hmm. And it's been really, really nice. And I know like a group of friends at work, we're like, okay, this is what we're going to do on this date. And I was like, I'm going to go out. Like, are you like, I'm just letting, but like, I would never ask him that pre-lockdown. Like I would never, I would just like go do my own thing. I was very independent, mm-hmm. but now it's like, okay, I have plans on this date. Like, what are you going to be doing? Like, uh, like, should I ask if you want to come? Like, it was this weird moment where I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, do we know how to exist like without each other? Yeah, that's such a good point. Ash has actually literally from last Friday gone back to his office. He's in an office on his own. But so now in the day, I'm just like here on my own with Bear. But like, it's it's like bittersweet because I miss him and we miss being together. But at the same time, like he's texting me throughout the day again. And I'm like, oh, I, you know, text from Ash. How exciting. <laughs> like, it's like, it's so weird. It sounds so cringy. But like, and then when he gets home, I'm like, oh my God, yay. Like we get to spend the evening together. <laughs> so it's kind of a good thing. But like you said, it's just readjusting, isn't it? Yeah, it's actually good that that's happening to you now because then that will have, that adjustment will have been dealt with. Yeah, baby steps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Marco's back next week because he's a teacher. So hopefully oh. I'll have that adjustment as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look but at us. We can FaceTime if we're insecure. Or <laughs> <laughs> we're baby stepping. So that's, yeah. that's, that's good. So at least that's one thing that I can like put to the side and be like not anxious about that. Yeah. We're baby stepping in that in that direction. So I guess Tara, like would you say that we all need to just take baby steps in every direction to cope with this post lockdown transition? Absolutely. And it starts with, you know, really raising into your consciousness what those baby steps need to be around. Mm. Um the the less you can be taken by surprise, the better. Yeah, Um, I really liked your idea of kind of addressing and actually recognizing and identifying what is going to scare you, what's making you feel anxious. Let's write them all down. And then again, maybe just go through the list and be like, okay, what am I going to do first? Who am I going to see first? And let's like turn it into a positive. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I got to start like scheduling things, but like also I want to like leave them flexible because then it's like, what if I just want to stay home? Okay, Barry, why don't we get a dinner in? And then if you cancel on me, I'll know why. (laughs) I feel like I'm like, people are probably listening to this and be like, Barry's not okay. Like, (laughs) (laughs) is anyone though? (laughs) No, I think people will be listening and really, really resonating. Yeah. And I think this conversation has been so helpful for so many people because we've actually all got quite different points of views, although your guys are more similar than mine. But again, it's just nice to hear other people's perspectives. And I genuinely yeah. do feel happier after having this conversation. Same. Oh, me too. Yeah. And I, I, it's, I mean, it's just so funny that all of this came out of like taking Oscar to lockdown, like going yeah. back to that, like analogy. I just think it's so powerful. And like, you know, maybe just like, like you said, baby steps, like if we could have introduced him to one other dog on a one-to-one basis and then build that up. But like maybe post lockdown, like don't go to a festival the first day. Yeah. yeah. Like you need to, and maybe that's what we accidentally did with him. Like we took him to doggy daycare. There were 12 other dogs there. Maybe that was 
overstimulation, like what you mentioned before, Tar. And then after, he seemed really tired, but maybe he was just like recovering from all that stimulation. So yeah, I'm going to um, journal about all of my like anxieties and come up with the possible barriers, but also do like some visualization techniques on like all the positives. And then what else am I going to do? Schedule like small group activities to prepare myself for the larger ones. What am I missing anything? Just I would say with that second one to have some days in between them so that if you do feel like Mm. I can't do that again, you know, soon that you've got that recovery time built in. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Okay. So if we're going to have to get our diaries out. I was going to say, I'll wait for you to send me a date. (laughs) And I feel like here I am, like selfishly being like, what am I going to do post-lockdown? What am I going to look like? And like, I'm going to see you with a belly. Like you have, you've been growing a baby and I've not got to see that. So so why am I the one? I'm exactly the same. Like nothing's changed. (laughs) I'm just crazy. I'm just crazy. Well, I can't wait. Yeah. I was going to say, I can't wait to go out for dinner with you. I know. <laughs> but yeah, Tara, thank you so much. Um, as per, like I said, always feel better after talking to you. And I really do think this conversation will help so many people. Thank you. It's really, it's really helped me as well. So Amazing. I'm really glad we did it. Yeah. Wow. That's flatter- flattering. We've helped yeah. psychologists, neuroscience, <laughs> neuroscientist Tara Swart. <laughs> it, it just shows the power of talking 100% I completely agree yeah yeah and I'm really excited for like um podcast episodes in person um so like to be able to have this conversation and bounce off each other with like a good point because we have met so many incredible people through this podcast virtually and never been able to see them in person yeah yeah and I think like body language when you're having a conversation is so important Mm -hmm. and it's something that we've really missed like we're all just floating heads (laughs) <laughs> and be able to, you know, be in person and have conversation. Um, it it's gonna be great. So if you're listening and you've been like, yeah, the Forking Wellness podcast is okay. Like we're gonna get better, I promise. Like yeah. <laughs> post lockdown, our we're gonna only get better. So stay stay with us. <laughs> Use that motto for yourself. You know, you're gonna come out better. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Awesome. An emerging butterfly. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much, Tara. Where can everyone find you? Um, you know, and everything that you do, just you know, tell us everything. <laughs> um, so I'm most active on Instagram at Dr. Tara Swart, but I'm also on Twitter, Clubhouse, TikTok. Um, I've got a website, taraswart.com, and um, my book, The Source, is out in many different languages. Um, a lot of people have said to me they've reread it this year, which is really yeah, flattering. Right. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where to, I'm, I, I'm findable on the net, put it that way. Awesome. Well, we will link all the links in the show notes anyways. Make it super easy for you to find Tara. And again, thank you so much for, to, for today's conversation. We absolutely love speaking with you. Me too. Thank you. Can't wait to hear it. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Forking Wellness Podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe. 
And share with your friends if you love this episode. It really does help us get seen in the chart. You can now also order our Forking Wellness book anywhere books are sold. Order it on Amazon Prime for next day delivery. And Barnes & Noble in America. And if you love the book, we would so appreciate a review on Amazon. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and we really hope you enjoy it. We'll speak to you guys next week. Bye.